Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Betches Media presents... I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. Diet starts tomorrow. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit the gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman... Joey does a shampoo! And Sammy Fishbein. Whatever, I'm getting cheese fries. Hello, welcome back to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen. And there's no Sammy here today. She's like on a vacation. This girl vacations like 24-7. I'm jealous. No, I'm just kidding. She's she's a hard worker. Um, and I am joined today by a DST family member. He's been on our podcast so many times. Max. What's up? Do you, do you need a last name? Lugavere. Like, oh, you can throw it in. Gosh, okay. Max Lugavere. <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, you all know and love him. He's the author of the New York Times bestseller called Genius Foods. And his new book, The Genius Life, is coming out March 17th. So that's what we're here to talk about. I'm excited for you to tell me about it. Because again, I love the cover of this one. Thanks so much. <laughs> good uh, good graphic designers at work. Yeah? Over at, over at Harper Wave. Ha- so what's well, what's been going on? How's life? You said you moved. Well, chilling, yeah. I moved. So um, when we first became friends, I was living in New York. And then since then, I moved to LA. And, like you uh, and me? When, since we met, yeah, yeah. okay, and um, and I've been living in LA for, I've been in LA on and off for a long time, and I've always only lived in West Hollywood. Okay, when I've lived in LA, and now I'm moving to Santa Monica, I'm moving to the West Side. Oh, pre- it's so pretty there. Yeah, it's nice. Um, but I'm a little nervous because I do like West Hollywood. I like the grit of it. Um, yeah, the, the fact I don't. That, like, is Los Angeles gritty? Like, I, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like a little bit more so than I think Santa Monica. I guess, at least in my head, like what I what I would picture of Santa Monica before having. So why are you moving there? Well, uh, I think just where I'm at in life, I think I'm kind of ready for a change. Okay, you know, and I still like more ocean views. I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like I feel like I'm like one of the things I talk about in my new book. Actually, not yeah. to like plug it so early. But like it's that your best health begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I mm-hmm. think in many ways that's true for our psyches as well. And uh, West Hollywood to me has just become something that like I'm on autopilot most of the You're day. You're very comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of felt like being in an area where 
um, you know, I would have this sense of like exploration and mm-hmm. excitement and I found a place that I really like. And, um, I mean, one of the major motivators is that my place has space in it to create my own podcast studio. So my podcast yeah, is doing pretty well and, um, people mm-hmm. like it. And so I'm excited to start doing video and that'll be great. Yeah. Are you setting, when do you move in? When do you set it up? I'm moving in like as soon as I get back from this trip. <laughs> okay. yeah, so like literally <laughs> next week. That's exciting and so stressful. I yeah. love moving. I've like never lived in an apartment more than two years and I just like love just moving my shit. Said no one ever. That's <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. My parents, like we, they moved so many times like growing up because they like immigrated from Russia and then like my mom went to medical school and then like every new thing that she had to do like residency, we had to keep moving and um, and also like they were, they were making more money so like nicer place and so I just like got used to that. Mm. And now I like love it. I'm like, wow. where are we going next? Uh, fresh beginnings are great. <laughs> yeah. Though. Although I've been spending a lot of time back in my hometown, like my last hometown. And I'm just like, this is a place of comfort. I want to move back. Yeah. But I like your perspective a little more, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm giving myself a year. You know, if, if after a year I miss yeah. WeHo, um, I'm, you know, I'm excited. But actually, my brothers now move in. They, they moved to L.A. So they live. Uh-huh on the west side and they're uh, well they live in west hollywood too but they're thinking about moving to the west side mm-hmm. and um you know i'm excited to kind of like just explore yeah i don't know that ocean breeze yeah it's um calming the uh i feel like the people might be a little more grounded on the west side of la i don't know you'll see you know yeah we'll see we'll see yeah. <laughs> only time can tell i have a lot of friends out there so okay you know. um all right so should we do the weirdest thing i do i feel like i've just announced the weirdest thing i feel which is that i love to move what do you have a weirdest thing max oh my god the weirdest thing i do yeah like serial killer traits i mean lately i've been i got the i got given this uh red light photo bio biomodulation unit which is basically like <laughs> have you ever seen these red lights very intense bright red and near infrared lights that's uh-huh. supposed to be really good so i'm not super for your body yeah for okay. your body so it's a red light that you stand in front of naked Okay. For like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. And the idea is you're supposed to get this light all over your body. Uh-huh. Um, and the idea is that the light is... So we have like light sensing proteins in our skin, which is a fairly recent discovery. And, and when we are exposed to this light, it actually... The thinking is that it gets, it gets our mitochondria to produce more ATP. So mitochondria mm-hmm. are the power points of cells. ATP is the energetic currency of life. So theoretically, by getting your cells to create more energy, wherever that cell happens to be, whether it's like, you know, I mean, it's, I don't, the light's not going to reach your liver. But if it's a liver cell, if it's a skin cell, it's just going to do its job a little bit better. And so it's good for your skin. But so here's, I guess, where it gets a little bit weird mm-hmm. is that a lot of guys that have these lights, they'll shine them on their balls because (laughs) (laughs) i was like when are you gonna get to that (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's what you've been doing (laughs) well i stay you stand naked in front of the light you stand yeah okay but that's the you get you know that's part of why you take your underwear off right right because the skin you want a 360 yeah you want it you want the light all over the place because what what the thinking is that and they've shown this in animal studies not humans yet but in in like rats they've attached these like little uh, red lights to rat balls yeah. and they see that they actually get a boost in testosterone which oh. can improve feelings of well-being body composition muscle mass and things like that so okay yeah that is weird and i love it is it okay great <laughs> is it the same as like some houses who will have like a red light like an infrared in their bathrooms 
Uh, probably. Well, I feel like those lights are usually used for heat, but maybe it's a similar concept. Because I, when I was like 10 years old, my mom like found me laying in a bathing suit on a bathroom <laughs> with the red light. My mom's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm tanning. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's not how it works, honey. That is amazing. <laughs> so I was just doing it then. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about your book. Um, first of all, how is it different than the first one? Tell me, like, what is it about? Yeah, it's a good question. What made you write it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so Genius Foods was really a nutritional care manual for the human brain. Uh, it was, it was, there was a decent lifestyle component to the book, but it was kind of buried in the back of the book and it wasn't super thorough. Um, the Genius Life really is a 360 degree lifestyle guide and it's a care manual for the body, which influences the brain, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a book that goes beyond just dementia prevention. It really goes into how to achieve... Uh, the best body composition that you can have, uh, you know, whether it's losing fat, improving muscle mass, improving strength, mm-hmm. um, and doing it in a way that doesn't, uh, you know, that I think is going to, has the potential to he- heal your relationship with food, which is a big problem for people. Um, a lot of people yeah. that begin these weight loss diets, they start counting calories, obsessing over macros, carbs, fat, and things right. like that. The um, ideas that I advance in this book really are are about, um, mostly about, uh you know, like the actionable steps that you could take, what to actually start eating that's going to help satiate your hunger. Because I think today we have a lot of um, one of the major problems with the current with the current food supply is that our hunger me- regulatory mechanisms have become basically short circuited, and it's one of the reasons why we're all chronically overeating, and it's a big problem. I mean, if you look statistically, by 2030, one in two adults are going to be obese, um, and yeah. one in four are going to be severely obese. So. A lot of people are struggling with problems to you know in regard to their weight, and so uh, this book is really about how to heal the body, how to um, drop the fat if that's your goal. If it's to gain weight, I provide options uh, there too, which is actually you know a, a non-trivial portion of the population are actually looking to gain weight and increase muscle mass, um, and do it in a way that doesn't like destroy your relationship with food, so that you don't have to forsake the pleasure of eating, which I think right. is so so common. So what would how do you so how do you tackle people like if somebody has like a bad relationship with food how do you tackle it like obviously eating less is what everybody's saying is not like restriction is not helping anyone yeah. like being on like these super restrictive diets makes you more obsessed with food makes you want the foods that you are restricting so what how do you go about it well i think that the problem with uh you know the way that a lot of people prescribe weight loss diets is that they fail to let their audiences know how food affects behavior and the problem with ultra-processed foods, um, which is really one of the major tips that I give in the book, um, is to just simply avoid ultra-processed foods. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that these foods drive overconsumption. And in between writing Genius Foods and writing this book, a really great study was published. It was funded by the National Institutes of Health that showed us that when we basically, if you were sitting around all day eating only ultra-processed foods, you end up consuming, without even thinking about it, Uh, an excess of calories by about 500 calories, which if you do that every single day, that's a pound of fat gain over the course of a week. Whereas if you stick mainly to whole foods and you know, it doesn't matter if the foods are high carb, if the foods are low carb, like we're we're in this time now where we have these different diet factions where there's like low fat advocates and low carb advocates. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, if you just stick to a diet that is predominantly whole or minimally processed foods, what this National Institutes of Health study found is that you actually end up eating a, a calorie def- deficit effortlessly by about 300 calories. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is like in both cases, it was a crossover study, the subjects ate to a comparable degree of satiety. So they were eating 
until they were full. But if you eat until you're full on an ultra processed diet, you're over consuming. And if you eat until you're full with a whole foods diet, you're basically right. like coming in under. It's like effortless weight loss. You know, that's like um, Weight Watchers has like now they broke down into like three plans or something. And they're like most kind of was, they had the freestyle, you know, for a period of time. I don't know. They, they created like zero point foods, which is basically you can't lim- eat them on an unlimited way, but you can um, have them as zero points because wow. they're whole. So like they broke it down. And there's one section of it where it's like. They really they they almost allow, allow you to eat as much as you want, but you're not going to end up. The whole idea is that you're not going to end up eating overeating like quinoa yeah. or like zucchini, and so and, and it works for so many people. I'm not like this isn't uh, sponsored, but yeah. Um, but that's that is interesting. I mean, I even I like tried that. I like I remember I was like, oh, I can eat like quinoa, so I like made myself a cup and I was like dying i was like this is so much food like i can't eat that much and i normally if i was going for like white rice or something a little bit more like processed i could eat like so much more yeah um my my perspective is that so i mean i want to be clear like if you eat ultra like ultra processed foods a person who chooses to eat them is not a bad person right when we and when we find it difficult to moderate our consumption of those foods um, that's not a moral failure. These foods are designed to be overconsumed. When I crack open a bag of, you know, let's say paleo puffs or a pint of ice cream, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I just I can't stop myself once I break that seal. And I think that that's common amongst human beings. It's just like, you know, an inevitability yeah. once w- when we're what, eating these. What's kinds of your foods. favorite processed food? I mean, I would have to say like. I mean, who doesn't love ice cream? Yes. Um, Is that process? What if you get like slow churn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we all process our food, right? When we cook it. Um, but there's a difference. Like when we, when we, when foods, you know, go through the industrial processing chain, they end up different and they end up, I think, uh, more intrinsically fattening. I'll give you an example. Um, if you were to take whole nuts, okay. And eat like a handful of whole nuts. Uh, it's kind of gross, but actually a significant portion of the calories in those nuts, you poop out. Like they actually don't get absorbed. If you were to take mechanically processed nuts, um, and turn it into a nut butter, you're absorbing 100% of those calories. Mm. And that's, you know, when you're grinding whole nuts with your teeth, let alone if you were hunter gatherer and you had to actually like crack and shell the nuts yourself by grinding whole nuts with your teeth, you're, I mean, you're not absorbing all of those calories, but then the minute we turn it into nut butter, it's 100%, you know, are, are completely absorbable. So it's just, it, it makes these foods, I think, less satiating and it makes them more calorific. Like they mm-hmm. have more, they have more calories. You could work for it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You work for it. Um, but, uh, but it's super interesting. Um, so whole foods. Yeah. I mean, a, a significant portion, you don't even end up digesting. Um, there's a, a thermic, what's called a thermic effect of feeding. So you end up burning off calories in the digestion of whole foods alone, about twice that versus uh, processed foods. And you still want to be able to have your cake and eat it too. We still want to indulge every once in a while. And so yeah. what I advocate for are what I call planned indulgences. These are not cheats, you know, because I feel like cheating puts like a negative spin yeah. on uh, on when we just want to eat something for like pleasure, which of course and is like... Yeah, and it makes like the this ideal perfectionism kind of thing when you're saying you're yeah. cheating. Right, right. Um, nobody's perfect. Yeah. It's about progress, not perfection. And so... Having a planned indulgence, I give tips for that. You know, I think the best times to eat these kinds of foods are sometime in the post-workout window um, so that your muscles actually become like a sponge and suck up any excess carbs or calories that you might consume. Um, you want that to happen? <laughs> yeah, you want that to happen because your muscles, yeah. you ha- your, your, your body, in terms of its ability to store sugar, which tends to be what we're over-consuming today to the tune of 66 pounds per person per year, 
your body is like a New York City like apartment. There's just like only so much storage. Mm-hmm. You can store sugar in your liver. You can store sugar in your muscles. Um, and so the more muscle you have in your body, it's one of the one of the great things about doing resistance training and and packing more muscle onto your body is that you actually increase that storage capacity for sugar. Mm-hmm. And the your muscles are going to be most primed to basically suck that sugar up. They act like a sponge, essentially, in the post-workout window. So hmm. okay. workouts use the sugar that's stored in your muscle and so that you have like a vessel to store whatever it is that you want to eat, you know, like the chocolate bar or the donut or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in the post-workout window, they become like essentially a sponge. Interesting. Yeah. So what do you say to people who are like, that sounds all great, Max, but... Like I have so much stress and all this emotional eating and anxiety and I going on a diet is the only way. Like I can't think about like food as a function. So what, what do you, what do you have to say to that? Is that something in the book? Yes, absolutely. Um, so as I mentioned, the book is a lifestyle guide. It's not, uh, it's not solely focused on diet, although diet is a part of it, but, um, we live in stressful times, right? I Mm. mean, whether it's like politics or the coronavirus, which people are freaking out about, um, Seriously, everybody's so stressed out. <laughs> yeah, people are stressed. People are stressed. And there's a certain amount of stress that's just inevitable, right, mm-hmm. in the 21st century. And so I offer ways of helping to reduce stress. But if you can't reduce stress, I think this is important to not, you know, again, we don't want to feel like a failure if we can't redu- you know, reduce our stress or if there's some inevitable thing that we have to deal with. There's always going to be something. And so the way yeah. that I think that the, the other way that we can – um, deal with this in a productive way is to boost our resilience to stress. Okay. And for that, I bring up a concept in the book that I actually haven't seen talked about anywhere other than the medical literature. So I think it's a really cool idea to advance. It's this notion of cross adaptation that by doing exercise or by, you know, doing certain, um, health and wellness therapies, whether it's uh, cold water immersion from like a cold shower or cryotherapy or taking ice baths or sauna use. Mm-hmm. Um, thermal exercise essentially is what, what that would be filed under. Um, you essentially boost resilience in other areas of your life, like a spillover effect occurs where you become more resilient psychologically to stress by boosting your resilience to like physical stress, which is, I think, super useful and empowering. That's funny. Somebody once told me that they read like, an article digesting a medical article saying that like when you're like when you push yourself into being extremely uncomfortable like physically like doing a cold water bath or going from like the physical changes that your body you actually strength i don't know if this is pseudoscience but like it strengthens its sort of dna or it's like ability to process the next hard thing which is kind of what you're saying yeah so should, I, should we all go to spas? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't strengthen in your DNA, but yeah, we should go to spas. I think spending more time, whether it's exercising, I mean, this has been pretty well documented with, with exercise that, yeah. you know, when, and they've shown this in animals, they'll, you know, they'll take sedentary animals, they'll expose them to a stressor yeah. and they are able to measure certain biochemical changes. They'll able to see changes in their, be, in their subsequent behavior. But then if they take a, a mouse or a rat and they make that, that animal exercise, they see less evidence of, uh, of a stressful effect when exposed to the same stimuli. Mm-hmm. And so we know this with exercise, but what's also, what also seems to be the case is that whether it's cold immersion or sitting in a sauna, these are all forms of stress that we can impose on our bodies. Mm-hmm. It also seems to have the same effect, boosting our mental health, uh, making us more resilient um, to symptoms of depression and the like. There's a great researcher, Charles Raison, who's doing a lot of this stuff, um, focusing on uh, hyperthermia or sauna use and showing that, you know, whether it's uh, hot or cold, that 
that willing ourselves to do these things to our bodies can actually boost our resilience to stress, which I think is a great way to help us become more resilient when confronted with stressors in our life that we can't necessarily just will away. So do you do some of these things? Yeah, I'm a huge, yeah, I'm a huge sauna fan. I do it uh, fairly yeah. regularly. When I can't do sauna, I'll wear like a, um, I'll like wear, this is actually a tip that I got from my friend Kyle um, Kingsbury, who's a former professional UFC fighter, wear like a hoodie to the gym and start yeah. to like build up some body heat while I'm working out because that heat stress, I think helps us. The kids in our, I remember in high school and wrestling, they would put like plastic, wrap their bodies in plastic, ba- like garbage bags and oh then God. sweaters and run outside for like to whether drop weight or whatever, like be really, really uncomfortable. Like these kids are crazy. We're in high school, <laughs> you know, but like kind of, is it, it's, I guess it's sort of the same. Like if you, if you warm yourself up that way, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all stressing the body acutely. Um, does bring about adaptations that make us stronger. I mean, what doesn't kill you makes, makes you stronger. It's when called you, hormesis. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really cool term um, and, and biological concept by which mild, you know, sm- small doses of uh, these stressors, whereas a high dose might kill you, yeah. these smaller doses actually make you stronger. stronger. Yeah. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try smalls. Small's cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your own fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some Small's to my friend in Brooklyn who is fostering kittens, and they took to it right away. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is easy to serve. Yum, yum, yum. Eat it up. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find. But you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. So what else can people get from the book? Like wh- what is what is like something that you really just want someone to take from it after reading? Yeah. I mean, I think that the body and the brain are connected in intricate ways. And um, sometimes, you know, mental, when we're feeling down on ourselves or we're feeling anxious, we tend to think that this is a problem with us. You know, it's mm-hmm. something hardwired into who we are or maybe it's a brain problem. But the brain is influenced by the body in countless ways. And so anything that we can do to heal the body um, is going to help the brain. And it's also going to make us live longer and be healthier. I actually, I mean, for listeners that don't know, I wrote my first book, Genius Foods. I was inspired by my mother who developed mm-hmm. dementia at a young age. And she suffered with uh, a form of dementia called Lewy body dementia for seven to eight years. And it was awful seeing her um, really become handicapped by the condition. And that really was my focus. When I first started out writing about health science, it was to 
really kind of give people a roadmap as to how they might prevent um, neurodegenerative conditions like mm-hmm. Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, things like that, in accordance with the best available evidence. You know, I right. don't I don't claim to know everything, but we're at, we are at a point now where. I think in regard to those conditions, we don't have to sit idly on our hands. We, we know we, there are steps that we know that we can take that are going to help minimize our risk. Okay. Um, this book is uh, a little bit different because what actually, so my mom passed away about a year and a half ago. I'm sorry. And uh, it was actually not even due to dementia. It was due to another freak medical condition. She, she was really? di- Yeah, she was diagnosed with a form of cancer. And uh, not to oh bring the, the conversation down, but it got me thinking about the world in a totally different way. Yeah. And so I started to look at all the different areas where we might improve our lives, not just to avert age-related brain diseases, but heart disease, cancer, and things like that. So it's a full-on guide. I talk about like light, the relationship that our, our bodies and brains have with light and how important light is. Light could be either a form of medicine or you know, at the wrong time of day can actually act as a, as a carcinogen almost. Um, okay. so yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't like that can seem a little scary though. Right. Cause you yes. don't know then what to do. Yeah. So is that, you know what I mean? Like, so when, when can I take like, like you know what? You're more aware of everything around you. You start, sometimes it can have an adverse effect of, of like, um, having fear of doing the wrong thing. Making you afraid and stressed yeah. out. Yeah. So that's not the goal. So the yeah. goal really is to, is to, is to pro- provide empowering information um, each of the topics that I cover in the book can easily fill up their own book, but what I try to do is make it uh, super actionable and achievable for mm-hmm. people. So let's talk about light. So yeah. light is the master time setter that our brains use to know what time of day it is. And this is important because we're diurnal creatures, right? Like nearly every biological function operates on a 24-hour timer. So we're meant to be alert and focused and most at our most coordinated and strongest during the day, which is when yeah. a human being, a hunter-gatherer, would t- typically be at their most active. So to anchor your body's circadian rhythm so that you can feel your best, you want to make sure that you're getting 1,000 lux of light sometime before noon, so first thing in the morning. Lux is a measure of light intensity. Okay. Yeah. And even on an overcast day, the amount of light, in, the amount of light that is, you'll be able to perceive ambiently outside is anywhere between a thousand and fifty thousand lux okay so super bright um but as easy as that sounds 93 percent of our time today is spent indoors so for a lot of people you know we're just living in a constant state of jet lag and this is a problem for many reasons i mean people who want to feel energized who want to feel focused who want to feel good you got to get that light first thing you know in the morning in through your eyes be outside Um, yeah so be outside or stand by an open window or if you're commuting to work, just make sure that your sunglasses are off. You don't want to mm-hmm. have your sunglasses on. Um, and so that's important. And then at the under end. Uh, and what other, does that do to you? That improves what? Your mental health? I mean, I would assume yes. Yeah, it can improve mental health. Well, it does a few things. So first of all, a lot of people when they wake up artificially in the morning due to an alarm clock, their melatonin levels have not fully subsided. So melatonin is a sleep hormone mm-hmm. and it's a super uh, reparative hormone in the body. It's an antioxidant. It's anti-inflammatory. It's involved in uh, repairing DNA damage. So it's a really good hormone. But because it's a nighttime hormone, it also makes us less energetic. It makes us sleepy. It makes us less um, sensitive to the hormone insulin. Um, and so... It's melatonin is supposed to be at its uh, lowest point in the morning when you wake up. But if you wake up artificially, there's a good chance that that melatonin has not mm-hmm. fully subsided. Yeah. And so what that's going to do is it's going to make you less tolerant to glucose. It's going to make you feel lethargic. It's gonna make you, we all kind of know this, right? Mm-hmm. But the way to really 
um, put the brakes to pump the brakes on melatonin production is that exposure to bright light. So when you're waking up in the morning artificially, you really want to prioritize that light. It's going to make you feel more energized, more focused, and it's also going to allow your body to handle food better and metabolize food better. Interesting. Because because melatonin can negatively affect. So no dark shades, no blackout shades, unless you wake up on your own. Yeah, right? I mean blackout shades are good at night. Blackout <laughs> shades are good at night. So yeah. when you if you wake up and you have blackout shades, you want to open those babies up. Yeah, <laughs> that's important. Yeah. No, I mean anytime I notice a, a big difference if I wake up by myself near my alarm versus when I wake up from my alarm like you can just feel yourself like dra either dragging or like walking to the bathroom yeah <laughs> you know totally um what about sleeping talking yeah. about melatonin yeah so sleep is crucial and at the other end of the day you want to make sure that you're giving your eyes a break from bright light and I know you know some people are talking about this um these days and like the value of blue light blocking glasses I feel like I've talked about them on the, yeah. on the podcast before um but yeah, I mean, so melatonin, as I mentioned, it's a, it's actually a very powerful reparative, restorative hormone. But bright light, and especially bright blue light emitted from our smartphones, from our television screens, they suppress melatonin production. And so what that does is it basically handicaps the restorative properties of sleep. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, melatonin, one of the things that it does, it repairs against DNA damage, which is at the root cause of certain cancers, of aging. Um, and so... This is one of the mechanisms by which it's been proposed that night shift workers, which make up 20% of the global workforce, have an increased risk of certain cancers because they're just they're chronically exposed to super bright lights, not letting melatonin, you know, this Take, hormone, do what it's what, what it's supposed to do. What about taking melatonin to go to bed? Um, Mel, I wouldn't, depending on, first of all, I would only take it as an adult. Yeah. Um, and then to go to bed, I think it could be useful to help jet lag, but it doesn't really... Um, it doesn't knock you out the way that I think that some people it knocks me out, <laughs> but it could well, because maybe you're doing things that are suppressing melatonin naturally. Uh -huh. So then it could be useful, but I always would, you know, I would prefer to like be more mindful of the things that are, that are likely suppressing your own natural melatonin production yeah, that are causing you to have screen. to lean yeah. on that. Yeah. I have the craziest dreams. Anytime I take melatonin, like huh. I feel like, Alice in Wonderland situation, but I, I don't really take it that much. I have very low tolerance for any type of drug. Um, okay, so then what about when you were talking about exercise before? Like, what do you what do you mean by exercise? How much is too much? What do you think that? Because I feel like the older we get, the more we realize that like it's not really to work out to like lose weight. It's just to be a functioning person to be happy. What do you think the necessary amount is, or what is it? Yeah. Well, exercise, you're right. I think a lot of people do it for these idealized body, you know, image goals. But um, for me, I love to work out and I love to do it primarily for my mental health. If I'm yeah. not, if I'm not working out, I'm just, I'm, I feel more anxious. I feel depressed. I have headaches more frequently, which could yeah. be placebo effect. But, um, but yeah, we now know thanks to a number of really uh, important meta analyses that have been produced over the past couple of years that whatever your exercise modality of choice is, whatever it is that's going to get you excited to go to the gym, mm -hmm. you should do because no matter if it's aerobic exercise or resistance training, mm -hmm. both can be very useful in terms of reducing symptoms of depression, uh, reducing anxiety, and also boosting neuroplasticity, which is this property of the brain that keeps it supple and youthful as you, as you age. Um, Exercise boosts this protein called BDNF, or brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is sort of like a miracle-grow protein for the brain. It boosts levels of serotonin in the mm -hmm. brain. 
Um, there's just so many, I mean, it really is medicine as far as the brain is concerned. And a lot of people get prescribed antidepressant drugs and I place no stigma on anybody who, who needs to lean on these drugs, uh, to feel good. But the, but the research does suggest that they're more effective, the more severe the depression and for mild to moderate depression, they don't seem to be any more effective than exercise and exercise doesn't have any negative side effects. In fact, it has only positive effects. Unless you're like doing an extreme one, you're just constantly getting hurt. And just like overtraining <laughs> yeah. and, and destroying your immune system, yeah. Um, okay, so you talk about the Mediterranean diet in the book. Is this what you go by? Like, is that what you... Yeah, it's like a Mediterranean-style diet. I have my own take on it. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty like, you know, it. I, I think when you're coming up with dietary recommendations, you have to acknowledge the fact that there is dietary diversity around the world and that you see people living and thriving on Mm low-fat diets, on low-carb diets. And so how do we reconcile that? Well, I think that the the one commonality is that what they're eating are foods that are minimally processed. So that's really what it's all about. I mean, you could look at the Mediterranean diet. Yes, sure. The Mediterranean diet has a lot of evidence behind it because that's where, you know, some of our our top epidemiologists in the U.S. went. They liked vacationing in the Mediterranean (laughs) during the time in which nutrition science was born. So that's why we have this halo, you know. Yeah this halo attitude towards the Mediterranean diet. But if you were to look at the Japanese diet, I mean, the Japanese diet is just as great, you know? Yeah. And that includes natto and salmon roe and things like that. Yeah. You know, two things that actually I love to eat. Salmon roe is the best. Salmon roe is the best, <laughs> The yeah. best. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, do you have to stick to the Mediterranean, you know, whatever the, the what we in the U.S. describe as being the, the Mediterranean diet? No. So, I mean, as long as you're incorporating, I think, uh, you know, whole foods, the one, I guess... Where I think that the, in the Mediterranean, they're really, they know their stuff is with olive oil. Mm. So I'm a huge fan of extra virgin olive oil. And that's like the primary fat that I use in my kitchen. A lot of people ask me like what the best fats are. What about high heat? What do you do? With high heat, I would use maybe an avocado oil or a mm-hmm. more saturated fat that's going to be more chemically stable at high temperatures. So like a butter or a ghee. Okay. Uh, but you can, it's a myth that you can't cook with extra virgin olive oil. So low to medium temperatures. Myth. Yeah, it's a myth that you can't yeah. cook with it. You can. Okay. Low to medium temperatures. If you go to the Mediterranean yeah. region of the world, they're cooking with it. It's they're like not up to cook- 350 or something. Yeah. 375, yeah. I think this whole smoke point thing has been actually been used to sell vegetable oils. So ah. like butter, you know, extra virgin olive oil might have lower smoke points, but they're still going to be healthier for you than canola oil, corn oil, soybean right. oil, any of these like toxic garbage industrial oils. Yeah. I like avocado oil. I avocado oil is vegetables. good. Yeah. Um, okay, so then you, so you, so you like the, I agree, the Japanese diet is, is very different, but not really that different. They're just having like rice, fish, a lot of, I mean, they have noodles. Um, what about detoxing? I know you talk about that in the book. Like, yeah. uh, that's kind of controversial. Super what, controversial. So what do you, what do you say? I take a really controversial stance. I say, let your body detox, but there are things that you can do that are going to support your body's own detoxification, okay. you know, uh, mechanisms. So, yeah, I agree. The word detox has been co-opted by the wellness industry to totally. sell teas and thing, and to make people feel insecure and jumpstart your diet. Jumpstart your diet. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm one thousand percent with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and I say the same thing. Like on my yeah. Instagram, I've like wailed against like this whole like detox fit tea phenomenon. I love what, seeing your comments on people's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I could like sometimes comes up on my thing, and I'm just like who is he commenting on today? <laughs> yeah. But this idea that, you know, our body is just going to detox by itself. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, that I think is, is actually bullshit also oh. because you've got to, I mean, you've got to do things to help support, support your body's own detoxification. And many of us are not doing those things. What are so they? Eating a healthy diet, eating, you know, lots of uh, fresh produce, eating dietary fiber, eating cruciferous vegetables. They're going to stoke your body's own detox pathways. Yeah. Okay. They actually, when you eat cruciferous vegetables, 
especially raw cruciferous vegetables. And, you know, you don't want to go overboard with these foods. But what they do is they trigger your body's own production of detoxific- detoxifying compounds like glutathione and mm-hmm. others. So, um, so you can actually stimulate your body's own detoxification, okay? And the other benefit of eating, of eating fiber, so I talk about the three Ps of healthy elimination, to pee regularly, to poop regularly, and to perspire regularly. Those three things are super important, okay? And this idea that we don't have to do anything, our bodies are just naturally yeah. detoxing. I can't tell you since have, after Genius Foods came out, how many thousands of people have messaged me saying that, you know, now that they're eating the way that I recommend, they're actually going to the bathroom once totally, a day. Totally, yeah. And I was like, what? What? I mean, like, how many times were you going to the bathroom before? It's just like, you know, they would say maybe once every other day or once every three days. Yeah. You got to make sure that you're going to the bathroom regularly. You also want to make sure that you're staying hydrated. So the solution to pollution is dilution. You want to make sure that you're <laughs> drinking lots of fluids. Yeah. Your pee is yellow, uh, light yellow to clear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you know that you're properly hydrated uh, or one way of knowing that you're properly hydrated. And you want to perspire regularly. So by sweating, Sweat. you know, mm-hmm. you excrete a certain number, a certain concentration of heavy metals, of endocrine disrupting compounds that we accumulate through your sweat. Yeah. Um, so you want to do those. I mean, it's not that controversial to say like if you, people who seek to detox, they're saying like, oh, I had like a few just a, a rough week or I went out too much. And so instead of being like, let me go on this extremely restrictive juice cleanse, yeah. just like go back to eating like a health, healthfully. Yeah. Just eating like your vegetables and everything. Exactly. exactly. Like you could just have a salad with some chicken that you made and that in itself is a detox is what you're saying. Yeah. And then over time you'll end up going to the bathroom regular. It doesn't yeah. happen right away. I mean, I think, I think like an elimination diet can be useful, um, like a useful tool, but it doesn't require you to buy, buy any special supplements or, or anything like that, you know, right. and, and everybody's different. Jeez. So if you're, if you don't exercise regularly or maybe you do exercise, but you just don't sweat that much when you exercise, mm-hmm. I would say, well, for you, a way that you can encourage your body's own detoxification is to like, try to find ways to get yourself to sweat more, whether yeah. that means like seek out a sauna or wear, you know, like wear that hoodie that I talked about <laughs> when, you, when you're starting to work out to really get your body heat. We sell hoodies. You do? Nice, <laughs> nice. Famous plug. Yeah. Guys, as many of you know, I've been on an alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this journey is beer. But now with Athletic Brewing, I'm able to get that delicious beer-like taste in my mouth without any of the alcohol. It's amazing. Just so you guys know, I used to love sours. I'm a big sour drinker and I really miss that taste. And now I don't have to miss out on it. It's amazing. Whether you're trying to cut back or you just want to explore a non-alcoholic alternative, Athletic Brewing is often a game changer. They offer a variety of different full-flavored brews with no alcohol allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. Do you like hazy IPAs, sweet fruity sours? Now you can enjoy this style without the hangover the next day. They offer hassle-free delivery right to your door when you order at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic brews bevs you can drink anytime, anywhere, and still go right back to whatever you were doing. It's a great fit for parenting, playing sports, watching sports, doing chores, late nights, and early mornings, so you can imbibe without worry. Try Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beers for yourself. Use code DST to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? 
I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life, so it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. What's something that you researched? Because you, I know you're a research king. Chunky. Researched or learned when writing this book that like totally shocked you or surprised you? Um, man, so much. Uh, well, one, one interesting thing that I wrote um, into the book that I thought was, that was, potentially going to be really useful for people. Again, it's about helping people achieve healthier bodies without mm-hmm. having to obsess over carbs and fat and calories and things like that. And there's like a diet lot of stuff, diet stuff. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, but the thing is, there's a lot of people in the fitness community that are like, all you got to do is count your calories, you know, like, and yeah. that's really what it all comes down to. But I, who wants to think about calories? You know? Yeah. I don't want to think about calories personally. I, I think they're saying that like people are, are like, the world makes it so complicated and so you don't need to buy all these gimmicks to yeah. lo- if your goal is fat loss so really it comes down to counting calories but I agree counting calories becomes emotionally taxing it becomes taxing <laughs> yeah but why I mean if you could eat in a way that you don't have to think about calories and you're naturally going to come in at a calorie deficit I mean that's like to me, that sounds like a way better <laughs> seems, strategy. Seems idealistic. <laughs> seems, does it? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's another but tip. I agree. Here's another tip. Researchers have found, it was published in the journal Physiology and Behavior, that by being distracted while we eat, we mm-hmm. tend to eat about 15% more calories. So whether we're using our smartphones or we're sitting with printed reading material, maybe even a book, or watching TV, you end up overeating. And so if people do just one thing differently, they, they become more present with their food and they put away the phone and mm-hmm. they eat until they're satiated and then they stop, they're going to save, you know, a significant number of calories. Yeah. I mean, so many people like eat, watch TV. Yeah. Like that's the, ma- the big thing. And then they're like, oh, next episode, what am I going to eat next? And it becomes like a connection. I know. So... Well, the thing is, food addiction. Food addiction is like a pretty real thing. I was so one of the things that I do. I compare ultra. I I compare our obsession with ultra processed foods in the book to porn Mm -hmm. addiction, because ultra processed foods are essentially like mouth porn. Mm -hmm. And even though porn addiction is a relatively new area for psychiatry, and I know that food addiction has all these other societal factors that play into it that make it kind of a you know, maybe a little tricky to compare it directly to, to porn because, yeah. you know, porn is something that's a lot more, it's a lot easier to hate on. Yeah. Um, if you actually look at the 
anecdotes from people who are actually to, who are addicted to porn. They sound very similar to food addiction. What what are they? That they have like a numbed uh, sense of satiety. Like they just don't. They feel like they can't get enough. Yeah. They are already fantasizing the next video while they're watching the current video. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a numbed pleasure response. So all those things happen when we're eating predominantly ultra processed foods. Like when I'm sitting with a bag of, you know. I mean, we'll just we'll say paleo puffs again because they're just <laughs> okay. they're the one food that I don't okay. buy anymore okay. because you just love them. But it's like I've got <laughs> I've got a puffs. handful in my mouth yeah. and I'm already thinking about the next handful. I'm trying to shove the next one in. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> thinking about the pleasure that I'm going to get, not from what I'm freaking currently chewing on. Yeah, what is currently in my face. Yeah, but the next the next handful, and so I think that that's like that's this that's kind of a problem. It's not that anyone component of these foods is addictive. I don't think that sugar is as addictive as we've been hearing that it is because you don't see people, you know, mainlining sugar, <laughs> but it's the combination of all these things and then put into an ultra processed format and then made even, and then the, and then dehydrated. So they're even less satiating than whole foods. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So for me, it's not about demonizing these foods, right. but it's about kind of alerting people to how these foods change their behavior so that it's at least informed consent. When you choose to indulge every now and then, which we all do. Mindfully indulge. Yes. What from your book have you incorporated into your own life? Something new. Um, well, I've become more uh, aware of environmental toxins. Um, basically, you know, I've just become more concerned about like air pollution. I travel a lot. Sometimes I, over the past year, I've been to, I was in Colombia and mm-hmm. ama- amazing country. I love Colombia, but uh you know, I, w- I ended up in some areas where it was just very obvious that the air was not clean. And yeah. I've become just kind of a lot more uh, concerned about that from the standpoint of brain health. Um, air pollution mm-hmm. is, not, is not our friend when it comes to having a healthy, optimally performing brain. 20% of Alzheimer's cases might be owed to, to living in a heavily polluted uh, area. And this is kind of like a new science, but yeah. um, 52% of all Americans live in heavily polluted um, environments. So... I mean, the city. The city, yeah. It's gray. It's gray. <laughs> it's yeah. literally gray. The other day, I was like asking a ta- uh, Uber to drop me off. I'm like, can you can drop me off that wall of garbage, <laughs> please? It's just like so, so gray. And then there's all that recent news or like what the findings about like the air above China now or above Wuhan, like where everybody's just staying home has cleared up. Cleared up. Yeah, which is incredible because nobody's driving. Nobody's turning on their engines I mean, it's good for the it's good for the air china really does struggle yeah with um with crazy levels of air pollution for sure but huh. it's it's insane that that difference happened in such a short period of time warmer weather is finally back after so many cold months it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun but the springtime always brings those unwanted guests pollen and seasonal allergies april showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your 
nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Should we do our non-scale wins? Did you think of one? Um, non-scale wins. Yeah. What's your win this week? Oh man, non-scale wins. So it can't, but okay, it can't have anything to do with fitness. No, it can. It can. Yeah, it's just okay. like not not like I went on the scale and I lost two pounds. Got it. Got it. <laughs> well, yeah, I I rarely weigh myself because it just tells you so little about for sure body composition. Yeah. And, you know what water weight I'm holding on to, like. Um, the scale lies. Like it's not. Yeah. A, it's not a good. I like. I mean, looking in the mirror, I think, can be more useful. Sometimes that lies too. <laughs> Sometimes that lies too. Okay, yeah. fair. <laughs> fair. Um, I don't know. I mean, these days, if I can get to the gym, uh, just you know, and have that morning workout, I feel like that's a win for me because I've been so busy. Yeah. Um, what do you do when you work out? I'm a big. I love resistance training. Yeah. Um, so I do kind of like a like just a weightlifting routine, push pull. You know, maybe I have like a leg day here and there. Cool. Um. But yeah, I try to go. I try to go really intensely in the gym because that's, I think, what you know. It, it it causes your body to adapt. It causes your muscle cells to adapt. But sometimes I just feel so fried from work that I just feel like my nervous system can't handle it. Yeah. And um, and so I go and I do these like kind of more like low intensity workouts. And I think that those are good too. Whatever you can do when you yeah. get to the gym, like something it feels is, like an accomplishment too. Feels like an accomplishment. When you do that. So, yeah, something is better than nothing for sure. Yeah. But uh, but. I kind of miss having the energy like to like go to the gym and like to have like a real an intense workout, you know. It com- it goes in in waves. Yeah, it comes and goes. Yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, my non-scale win is that I went to physical therapy after like 5 years of knee pain just because I was just like this is time. I'm in my 30s. Wow. But I'm just kind of in a good mood from that cuz I was so scared. I felt like so afraid after my like doctor's appointment and now after going to this guy, I was just like, I'm so happy, and I went. Aww. So that was that's my win. Um, I'll read a audience non-scale win 
First of all, I am such a big fan of this podcast and all things Betches. I've listened to every single DST episode and love hearing you guys have such open, honest conversations about topics that people don't typically touch on in the quote-unquote wellness world. So thanks for having this platform. I wanted to share my non-scale win for this week. I'm currently training for my first half marathon. Oh boy, that sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I have run a couple of quarter marathons in the past, which is six and a half miles, but this is my first time training for a longer endurance run over a long period of time. I'm currently in week five of a 16-week training plan, and as my weekly mileage is was increasing, I noticed I was starting to feel super fatigued on my runs. I felt like I was running with cement on my feet. I suspected I was under fueling, but I just wasn't sure how much I needed to adjust my caloric intake to support this level of training. I work for a large university, so I have easy access to our sports nutritionist. I met with her and went over my typical meal snacks for the day. I told her I eat around 1,500 calories a day, and she said, oh, Yeah, that's why you feel like crap. She told me to slowly increase my daily calories to reach this level. And now I'm eating around 2000 calories a day and feel so much better. My body is happy in receiving the nutrients and fuel it needs to perform at its best. I'm still eating good whole foods, but ensuring I'm getting enough of it and carbs without fearing weight gain. I mean, honestly, it's kind of a dream to be told that you need to consume an extra 700 calories a day. Anyway, I just wanted to share my non-scale win with you guys and possibly encourage someone who's fearful of caloric increase. Side note, I'm going to Italy with some friends in three weeks and will be giving zero fucks to the amount of pasta, pizza, gelato, and wine I'll be consuming. That's cute. Love that. Yeah, and it's a great example of where there's, you know, it just goes to show you that there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all diet. Because we're talking right. about ways of cutting calories, right? Yeah. Some people in the audience want to increase increase calories and or gain weight. Or don't know that or, they need to. Or don't know that they need to, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think it's, uh, everybody's different depending on your goals. And, and what you're doing. Like, training for a marathon is exactly. extremely taxing on your body. And, like, exactly. anytime you work out, you find yourself so much more hungrier and, and the food that you're eating doesn't satisfy you. So... It's smart that she it's smart that she went to a nutritionist, figured it out, didn't just like give herself like some Instagram diet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Good job. I wonder if she's still going to Italy though. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh god. Um all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. I think this is your third time. I think so. I think yeah. we have a hat that's DST fam, so we're gonna go give it to you oh, after this. Dan, I love being in the DST fam. Yeah. Um, and everyone go and pre-order Max's book, The Genius Life. Um, heal your mind, strengthen your body, and become extraordinary. I love that. Um, and if you want to just buy it, it's March 17th, but pre-orders matter. Pre-orders matter, pre-orders They're matter super important, for actually. authors. Yeah. Um so yeah, go pre-order it. Follow him at Max Lugavier. Yeah. We also, I should mention, if you are pre-ordering at GeniusLifeBook.com, mm-hmm. uh, I've got epic bonuses for people that pre-order through the, through the website and then register. Yeah. I've got the Genius Life Guide to Hacking Restaurants and Supermarkets, oh. which is super cool. So if you're eating out or I shopping, like yeah, it's like, a, <laughs> it's like a free PDF ebook. I've got a guide to reading and understanding science, which I think is super important. Like science literacy is something that is, you know, means a lot to me. And I think that we ought to, we ought to all know a little bit more about how to read a paper. Yeah. Um, And then I've got a guide to supplements that you can potentially use to boost brain function. Uh, And then the first 1000 that pre-order actually I'm sending through the mail, like a signed book plate so people can go and get those bonuses. Geniuslifebook.com for pre-ordering. Get the book. And oh, and guys, join our Facebook group, Diet Starts Tomorrowers. Rate, review, subscribe. All of your reviews really, really matter to us. The same way pre-orders matter. 
it's it's just really important for our business and for us to keep doing this every single week. And for everybody who has been reviewing since we've been adding this, um, we really, really appreciate it. And Sammy, who is not here on vacation, tell us, we, we all, we love you. So thanks again, Max, for joining us. Thanks, and friend. we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman and Sammy Fishbine. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly Rice. And artwork is by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram and email your questions and non-scale wins to DST at Betches.com. Betches.